Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Objective Health. I'm your host today. My name is Elliot, and I'm joined by Erica and Doug. Welcome. Uh, we also have Damien on the wheels of steel, as usual. Hey, Damien. Hello. Right, and today, in this week's edition of the show, we are going to be looking at very interesting topics, something that actually never really, I, I didn't even think about previously before reading a couple of articles that have just come out on some of the big health kind of news websites. Um, and this is on the topic of placebo. And we've done several shows on the placebo effect or the nocebo effect previously on our older edition of the health and wellness show. Um, but actually th- this week we're going to be looking at at it from a little bit of a different angle. And this is related to whether a placebo is actually a placebo in every single case. So generally, for, I'm, I'm assuming that everyone is familiar with the concept of a placebo, but just in case some audience members aren't, essentially, in a research study or when, when uh, scientists or researchers are trying to identify or assess the efficacy whether a drug works or it has any side effects or basically whether it's able to do what it's intended to do, um, they compare it against a placebo. So a placebo is meant to be an inert, biologically inactive substance, which is meant to have pretty much no effect on the human body. So an example would be if we were to, if, if I was a pharmaceutical company and I had developed a new drug to treat um, heart disease. Okay. What we would be doing is we would be taking several different, um, you know, a, a wide body of people with heart disease and we would split them into two. We would give half of them the drug and we would give half of them the placebo. And then at the end of the trial, we would assess whether they still had heart disease, whether they had an increased risk of morbidity, whether there were any horrible side effects. And we would compare that with the placebo. And now ordinarily, the placebo, as I said, it's a biologically inactive substance. It's an inert substance. The people who took the placebo should be in the same place that they were before they took the placebo. Does that make sense? Whereas on the other hand, we can compare the results of a drug or a vaccine or some other kind of therapy against that as a control. But We've been led to believe that all placebos are biologically inert, are inactive, and are not going to have any significant effects on the human body. The question is, is this really the case? Right? So the you, you would think that this this is something so obvious, right? You would think that the Research bodies who run these trials and use these placebo drugs or these placebos, you would think that they would um, that they would uh, publish what was contained within the placebo, right? The problem is they don't. Yeah, they don't. So there's a couple articles come out recently, as I said towards the start of the show, talking about this very problem and actually looking at how in many placebos, 
These could in fact contain certain excipients, which are in no way biologically inactive, which actually can exert very detrimental effects on the body. And this would, rightly so, introduce a whole host of problems in terms of determining the efficacy of drugs, in terms of determining the safety of drugs. Because as we will be looking at in today's show, actually certain things which are considered placebos may actually be causing side effects in and of themselves. Yeah. I think the um, the first article that came out that kind of was um, bringing up the controversy was on uh, CrossFit.com. Um, Damien, I think you've got that one. It's called um, Sometimes a Placebo is Not a Placebo. Yep. Um, and it's by a PhD. Uh, her name is Marianne Damasi. And she brings up a couple of different instances where placebos have actually not, in fact, been dis- uh, placebos. I mean, one of her, her main points in the article is that, um, in like you were saying, Elliot, is that a lot of times these placebos are not actually inert substances, that they actually are giving active substances in the placebo. Now, whether that is just a dye um, or sometimes they put a flavoring in it to make it bitter. Um, so it kind of like tastes, so it's a more convincing placebo. It actually tastes like a bitter medicine. Um, but then other times it seems like they're going above and beyond that, not just to kind of change the color and change the taste, but are actually putting in kind of um, uh, active stuff. And I think the, the, the main one, the one that actually stood out to me was that there was a vaccine trial um, where... Let me just try Gardasol. and find it here. Yeah, it was a Gardasol, Gardasol vaccine. vaccine. That's right. And what they were doing is actually, instead of giving just a inert saline solution, which is generally what they do, um, they were actually giving a solution that had the excipients from the vaccine in it. So it had the aluminum adjuvant in there, um, as well as a number of other things. So essentially what they're doing is if they're going to look at the um, the vaccine and once they've injected some people with the vaccine and they say, well, how many of these um, side effects that these people are having also showed up in the placebo group? And it's like, oh, lo and behold, they had the same kind of um, reaction. So it's not because of the vaccine, because, uh, you know, it's because the placebo group was getting that as well. Well, except that the placebo group wasn't actually a placebo group. They were being injected with these excipients. So that basically means that they can erase a lot of the side effects that are there because it's like, oh, it's, it's both the placebo group and the, uh, the uh, um, active ingredient group got, uh, th- there was this percentage of um, headaches or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, we can write that off because that's just, you know, that, that obviously wasn't because of the vaccine, but because the placebo got it too. But it, that's not the case. Um, it probably was something that was caused by the excipients. It's it's amazing because the the adjuvant part of the vaccine, in this case, aluminium hydroxyphosphate, apparently, um, that is the portion of the vaccine which is meant to elicit or initiate an immune response in the body. And that is um, theoretically the thing which causes someone to build up an antibody response. It kind of kicks the immune system into action because it is a toxin, right? It's aluminium. I mean, it's deadly. Yeah. So the, the the idea is is that actually, you know, a lot of these 
alternative vaccine researchers who have come out and in kind of spoke out against the dangers of vaccines have rightly pointed out that perhaps the most likely culprit in terms of causing vaccine adverse reactions in terms of autoimmunity, um, paralysis, many other kinds of really, really, really horrible side effects that can be developed after having a vaccine are likely due to the adjuvant, mm-hmm. right? So we've got, okay, you've got the placebo group, which is given the adjuvant, and then you've got the vaccine group who are given the vaccine with the adjuvant. But if that if the adjuvant is the thing which is most likely to cause the side effects, mm-hmm. and both groups experience side effects, rightly so, because they're being injected with a toxin, then in, in the research community, you can rightly point out that because both groups, uh, both the control group and the study group, experience a similar rate of side effects, it must be due to some other factor mm-hmm. because that control group is the placebo group. And like it is, I mean, it's it's a great way to to get your vaccine onto the market, right? It's yeah. a great way to convince the research community and the public at large and all of the public health kind of um sector i guess in different countries that your vaccine is as safe as a placebo Mm -hmm. because people are under the wrong impression that the placebo is inert yeah in this case it's not it's a toxin yeah Yeah. and real really it's like this is kind of an obvious manipulation like this is just a way and yet another way for them to fudge the data in order to get something that may not be safe onto the market to make their money. Once they discover that there's, oh my God, so many people are having bad reactions to this, we have to take it off the market. Well, it doesn't matter. They made their money. Everything's cool. So it really, it's, it's, just, it's just yet another example of how devious these things could be. I mean, there's lots, of, we've talked a lot about it on the show, about how um, pharmaceutical companies will often... Um, do these things to 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 fudge data to get the results that they want you know whether it be if they have negative reactions they throw that data away and only publish the the positive stuff or mostly positive stuff or you know any number of different things that they do to try and manipulate the data that's going out there to convince people that it's a safe drug that it's an effective drug um and then when in fact it's not um so yeah I also think it's a way to um, discredit placebo, the idea of the placebo effect. Um, mm. You know, uh, especially, so this is the first time I've read a lot about placebos in these types of vaccine and drug trials, but, you know, especially with pain and surgery and whatnot. And for those that have interested, we have done a show in the past about that. Um, but a way to discredit this idea of mind over matter, that the placebo effect, I mean, I, I feel like it's legitimate, you know, your thoughts affect who you, how you respond to pain and whatnot. And so I wonder if it's kind of more of a, let's just muddy the waters a little bit and discredit the whole idea behind the placebo effect being a real um, potential for healing for people. Mm. Well, it's kind of like reading this stuff actually makes me, you know, getting prepared for the show, we were reading a bunch of different things about placebo and, you know, the more I read about it, the more I actually wonder if it's if if the whole 
way of doing these trials with a placebo control group is even legit. You know, just mm-hmm. because it seems like there is a placebo effect going on regardless of whether or not there's an active substance there. So yeah, if it's a placebo, there's a placebo effect. But even if there's not a placebo, if it actually is an active substance, there's still a placebo effect. And I mean, I guess that's why they designed these trials to try and eliminate that placebo effect from taking the drug, right? So they want to know exactly how the drug, uh, how effective is the drug and they do so they do it against this placebo group so that they can take out that um data and say okay well this is this is how much of the drug is actually um effective versus um somebody's mind just thinking that it's effective and having an effect but um yeah it's it's just making me wonder like how how legit actually is that especially when i read recently that something that i didn't realize apparently placebos are becoming more effective They've actually done mm-hmm. studies where they are showing how over time placebos have actually started to become more effective at causing the placebo effect. And that there's a number of drugs that are actually failing placebo trials now because they can't prove that their drug is more effective than the placebo because the placebo is so good. So, yeah, the whole the whole placebo control thing, I think is it's it's kind of I'm starting to question it a little bit, I guess is what it is. Well, what's really interesting is uh, the the PhD wrote this article. Um, it's a uh, Marianne, yeah. So she she made several requests to the lead authors of um, I think a couple different trials, but one of them was for a statin study called the Jupiter trial. Mm. And she made like, uh, yeah, requests, official requests to get the certificate of analysis for the placebo to identify exactly what was going on, you know, what was contained within it. And she says that it's almost impossible to to get hold of any information of what they put in these things, mm-hmm. right? So you think it was just a sugar pill or something like that, but apparently they... These drug companies, they are, uh, they're, they're very, um, they hold on to it, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they cover it. It's almost like they, they've got something that they want to hide. Yeah. And, uh, and they're, they're not letting go. And understandably, what that really kind of would demonstrate is that actually, if this was completely transparent and if a lot of the time the placebos, in all of these studies were kind of, you know, were genuinely inert and and did not have side effects in and of themselves, then you would think that these companies would be more than willing to give out the information and be transparent because actually it is in favor of their drug. But because they are so unwilling, really indicates that maybe there is, and I think it's pretty clear to, uh, clear that there is some degree of conscious conscious yeah. manipulation going on For here sure. uh you know maybe someone in a boardroom at some meeting a couple decades ago said well you know here's a really good idea yeah. <laughs> this is a great way to actually improve the safety the uh the the, the appearance of safety of the drug let's just stick some <laughs> some yeah. really horrible substance in the placebo as well <laughs> exactly yeah it's, it's like if it was if it was just a sugar pill it's like i feel like they would be a lot more upfront about it 
but the fact that they're not like you're saying it it indicates that there's some kind of there's something dodgy going on in the background there for sure yeah and she also raises the uh serious issue of informed consent so yeah if you're part of a drug trial are they telling you that by the way we're gonna you know i know they don't tell you beforehand but uh this placebo is gonna have these inert uh ingredients are you okay with that you know yeah yeah i mean if you if you're going into a trial you know there's a chance that you may get um the active drug but you may actually get nothing Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what you are giving your informed consent based on. Are they telling the people who are enrolled in the trial what's in the placebo? I doubt it. If they're not telling anybody else, they're probably not telling them either. Yeah. Yes. And is this, is this only done in drug trials? Like, uh, you know, I mean, it's just a, I'm, I'm not in that area. It's not my wheelhouse, but uh, <laughs> is it just when they're testing drugs? Is that how they, uh, is that the mode of operation that they use? I mean, I'm like, like uh, we've all, we're kind of surprised by this information because you don't really ever get that just in casual reading, you know, that this is a drug trial and we're going to use a placebo. And I think anytime it's a random controlled trial, there's a placebo they group. They use the placebo. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the 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 standard for it, and that's considered the gold standard. You know, I know in um, you know nutrition, which is more my wheelhouse, <laughs> they often talk about how you know random controlled trials are kind of the the um, the gold standard. But you know, in a nutrition study, it's very difficult to do a, a placebo group because you always know what you're eating essentially unless you're going to blindfold people and like you know grind it into a paste or something like that and make it unrecognizable mm -hmm. so i think it is something that's more standard with drug drug trials and in fact there was another um the blog of uh malcolm kendrick i almost said gladwell malcolm kendrick <laughs> uh who has a great blog by the way it's just uh drmalcolmkendrick.org um he put up a blog about this placebo thing when this uh, after this CrossFit article came out, and his big thing is statins. Like he is often, uh, he's he's been kind of integral in kind of exposing the scam that is statins. Um, I recommend anybody to kind of uh, go out there and um, go to his site and kind of take a look at a lot of the stuff that he's done because you know he digs into the science quite a lot. Um, but he actually was talking about placebos in in one of his blogs. Um, and he was showing how um, there is a number. He he, he kind of lists off a number of different studies on different forms of statins, and it's like the total adverse effects from, for instance, lovastatin was thirteen point six percent, and from the placebo it was thirteen point eight percent. You know, hmm. and for for a total adverse uh, effect from simvastatin was 6%, placebo was 6%. And it's like, it just keeps on going down and there's barely any difference between the placebo and the statin on all these trials. And it's kind of like, it, it, like, it just seems obvious that they're, they're fudging it. It's like one of them, total adverse effe uh, effects from rosovastatin, rosovastatin, I don't know, is 83.3%. The placebo, 80.4%. Okay, why are 80.4% of the, 
of the people in the placebo group having adverse effects from a, a, from a placebo. 80.4% yeah. are having adverse effects and there's nothing in it? Come on. How nah, stupid it smells they fishy. Yeah, it absolutely does. Really, if you have, I mean, we've spoken about statins just on numerous occasions, but if you really had an inert substance compared with the statin, now a statin is a drug which has, you know, it's one of the drugs with the most side effects, with the most yeah. adverse effects Yeah. in terms of personality changes, um, in terms of digestive issues, in terms of fatigue, in terms of muscle pain and weakness. Like they are well-known and well-established. How on earth it does not sit right that actually um, you would have a similar rate of adverse effects in a control group. It makes you really wonder whether they're giving both both groups statins or not. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> whether they what they're giving them, who knows? But <laughs> just I, I a different statin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kendrick even says, uh, you know, how can the adverse effects of placebo range from 2.7% to 80.4%? It's like, how's that possible? Yeah, definitely something fishy going on there. There's also, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there was a... You know, I I've only got a kind of a vague memory of this. I don't remember which um, journal it was. It was a scientific journal, a medical journal. Um, the uh, head person from the, the medical journal. This isn't a very good story because I don't remember it very well. But basically, <laughs> the head person of some medical journal actually came out and said that the majority of uh, medical studies out there are actually bunk. It's actually you can't trust them at all. Um, and I think this is, is this is a good indication of of at least partly one of many reasons why that is. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have to question as well how much fudging the numbers goes into it as well. You know, is it that in some of these ones they've buffed up the placebo with some other horrible thing or is it in just in some of them they've literally just produced the numbers out of thin air i How get do you know? the impression that that actually does go on you know yeah I've heard i mean of, there's stories yeah there's stories I've, I've heard of ones where it's like as soon as somebody starts having a major adverse effect they kick them out of the trial <laughs> so it's like you just don't write that down it's like that guy was never here <laughs> it's unbelievable uh, they put them down as, um, yeah, voluntary, voluntary, um, you know, discontinuation because they were not compliant or something yeah. like that. I mean, how easy would it be? You only need two research scientists to um, collude like that and say, hey, yeah. Yeah. And then they're not disclosing what's in the placebo. I mean, back to the whole issue yeah. with why this this article was written, that, that, that they're not going to disclose it. And so you're not going to find in the reference material, oh, the placebo contains so yeah. some proprietary secret. Yeah. And it's like, why would you keep that secret? The placebo, you know? It's like of all the details of the study, why, what is exactly proprietary? But oh, don't let them get, don't let them know what placebo we were using. It was a very <laughs> secret, special placebo. It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's all it's all it's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? Really, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It is yeah. indeed. Um, but essentially, it kind of just reinforces what we've been learning over and time and time again about big pharma, about many of these large agencies, actually. But yeah, particularly about big farmer in this context, you, you can't always trust what they say. I th- in fact, I think probably 99% of the time you, you can't trust what they say. Mm-hmm. And you have to go from a results-based model. So see what works, see yeah. what doesn't work. And actually, if there's another way of doing things, which is going to cause you potentially less harm, for instance, in statins, do you really need to have a statin? Maybe it would be good for you to look at all of the side effects. Now, of course, we can't give medical advice, but if you could look at the side effects and then also, you know, look at other lifestyle interventions that might be effective at doing that as well. There's many, you know, if your aim is to improve cardiovascular health, there are many different things that you can do to improve in cardiovascular health Mm. aside from taking a drug. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're all about on the show. And we yeah. like to kind of promote thinking outside the box. Does anyone else have anything to add to this? Just one topic? thing I was going to say quickly. I, it's just something that came to me. I think maybe one thing that people could do would be to kind of look for um, testimonials of people who have actually been on the drugs um, rather mm-hmm. than reading the, the side effects from mainstream sources like WebMD or something like that, which are really just pharmaceutical mouthpieces. Um, mm-hmm. Take a look at, like, try and, try and find some, some real people out there who have actually have experience with these things because, um, you know, that's how you're going to get more of an idea of what the drug actually does to people. Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent advice there. Excellent advice. So if no one's got anything else to add, I guess I'll have to say goodbye. So thank you for all of the audience tuning into this week's edition of the show. Uh, If you liked it, hit the red button below, like and subscribe to our page. You can share it if you found it interesting and comment. If you have any requests, videos that you'd like us to do or anything you'd like us to talk about, we can take a look at that and see whether it it's possible or not, just pop us an email or pop us a a comment in the comment section below. So I want to thank Doug. I want to thank Erica and Damien on the wheels of steel for making sure this all works smoothly. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Damien. (laughs) Okay, then. Um, And until then, we we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.